This is the Pop Tournaments podcast. In Pop Tournaments, we take a category of pop culture and let you, the fans, vote on matchups in a single elimination tournament format to determine an ultimate champion. We are here to discuss those results and the upcoming matchups. Thanks to our great community and everybody who votes, let's start the show. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Pop Tournaments Podcast. This is episode 168. We are coming to you on September 6th, 2023. Gotta go a day early, but that's okay. So, my dates are a little off here, so tomorrow, let's wish a very happy birthday to Walter White, 65 tomorrow. Fictional. <laughs> We, we love a good birthday. we love a good fictional birthday, but yeah, also, yeah. It, you know what? Uh, it, not necessarily birthdays, but some uh, a bunch of anniversaries this week. ESPN premiered uh, forty four years ago today or tomorrow. Oh, nice! I love God. watching like on the you know remember the eighties type uh, shows. I right. love watching like the early days of ESPN, like or or, or watching you know just any sort of doc document of like those early days of ESPN when they were first like, uh, wait a minute, you mean you're gonna have a channel with sports all the time? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, good luck with that. And it's just like Chris Berman and Keith Jackson sitting at a news desk, like shuffling papers. <laughs> Playing cards. Yeah. We got nothing, folks. Uh, and uh, the, the People's Court premiered uh, 42 years ago. Wapner. Nice. Good show. Dee, 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 dee. <laughs> now that should have been in our theme song tournament. Really? That's a good one. <laughs> uh, Google uh, 25 today or tomorrow. Nice. You got to Google that. So what? Yeah. You know, it, well, it, it it makes me think of. So we were just talking about ESPN back in my sophomore year of high school, junior sophomore or junior year of high school. Um, me and a friend uh, in a journalism class. You know, we had to do a report on stuff. We tried to do a report on the history of ESPN. And the internet was not that big at the time, so it was actually really difficult <laughs> to do a report. If only we had Google, but... Uh... It, it ended up just being a lot of visual aids, pictures of Craig Kilborn and Keith Olbermann. <laughs> right. Stuart Scott. <laughs> and some, some sad anniversaries tomorrow... Uh... Uh, on September 7th, uh, in 1996, we lost the great Tupac Shakur, and then in 2003, the great Warren Zevon on the same day. Wow. A, yeah. But, uh, let's bring it up a little. Uh, the song Bad was released on September 27th, or September 7th in 1987. Did you know that Bad was originally supposed to be a duet with Prince? No. That's wild. Backed out at the last minute. Good for him. That was a good good decision. So, but that sounds like a Prince thing to do. Yeah. No, he <laughs> he's 
he's actually bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Michael Jackson might be more bad. Yeah, yeah. No, Prince is bad in the Michael Jackson sense. Michael Jackson is just bad. (laughs) Lastly, now it it is today. Today is the 35th anniversary of the fantastic, amazing album, Hangin' Tough. Oh, fuck yeah. Did you... So, I actually had New Kids on the Block trading cards. Nice. (laughs) <laughs> i i don't too I many mean, donnies though yeah yeah no i'm sure i also had new kids on the block cards you know i i don't remember having a ton of like memorabilia but i feel like somebody on my block like one of my friends had a donnie like ken doll oh no <laughs> at least it yeah. wasn't a donnie wrestling buddy <laughs> oh my god that would have been so awesome <laughs> um yeah you're being no, such remember... a non-pillow right now <laughs> they came up with uh they came out with like a whole line of new kids on the block dolls it it was very like space ballsy like new kids on the block the lunchbox new kids on the block the cereal <laughs> You know, they just. I love how Spaceballs is your reference there. Yeah, yeah. New Kids on the Block, the (laughs) flamethrower. Ooh. We're off to a flaming start. We have Ryan Barrett. What's happening, everybody? And I'm Jake. Hope everybody is doing well. Ryan, how has the last week been? It has been fantastic. Um, We continued, we concluded our celebration of my beautiful, lovely, wonderful, hilarious girlfriend Netta's birthday. Um, It was wonderful. Just spent some time with family and caught up on some tent that has been on my list for the last couple weeks that was recommended to me by a good friend. Uh, mm-hmm. who's a co-host of this show. Mm. Um, we I'd watched... like to meet him. Yeah. Uh, we watched T and T2. Nice. And... Okay, so which one's better? T. Yeah, right? No question. It was, like, not <laughs> even close. Both, like, I, me and Netta were both shocked. Like, literally, like, half hour into Terminator, we're like... Uh, are you really into this? <laughs> like, this is really good, right? And, like, for an 80s movie, I mean, f- for a, like, early 80s movie, it was, like, really, really entertaining, well-paced. And the thing that was just, I mean, it was jarring how dark and violent it was. Yeah. I mean, it, in a good way. You know what yeah. I mean? It was just, like... Fuck the to- like tonally, could not be more different from Terminator Two, <laughs> and it it's so funny because then like you you get done watching Terminator and you're like, wow, what a fucking good movie. I mean, it's like, you know, it's much darker than something like Blade Runner, but yep. definitely belongs in that kind of like sci-fi canon. Yeah, and then. You watch um, Terminator 2, and it kind of feels a little more like Kindergarten Cop. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, it's like a it's like a soft comedy. Sure. Um, but um, but I mean, still a great movie. Yeah, you know, a classic. It's just it's so funny. Always seeing Terminator Two as like a standalone. And now all of a sudden having like the other piece of that puzzle, it simultaneous like simultaneously makes me respect it more and less. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> yeah. part of it after watching the first Terminator, you're like, wow, what a great idea to make a sequel like eight years later or whatever, where all of a sudden you actually show John Connor and like the future, right. you know what I mean? That there was so much left on the table after the first Terminator, um, that it was like really cool that they went back to the well. The no. thing that I didn't get and was just kind of like seemed like a cash grab is that they brought back Arnold Schwarzenegger to star in it as the good guy. Okay, I mean, I that, thought that was a good twist. Sure. But, like, uh, it doesn't really make sense to me. It seems like a reach to be like, oh, no, the, the first movie stars Arnold Schwarzenegger as a killing machine. The second movie also stars Arnold Schwarzenegger as a killing machine. But this time, he's a good guy. He's on your side. <laughs> like, he's on your side. I don't know. It just seemed like uh, kind of a stretch. But, nonetheless, both movies very enjoyable. Um, the, I... I there was a moment I I made a joke during the first Terminator that was so funny that I did not stop laughing at it for probably five minutes. Um, Netta didn't laugh, but <laughs> I, I literally was just sitting there. I, I wrote it down in my notes because I'm like, oh, man, I can't wait to tell Jake this. I don't okay. know if it's actually funny or not, but there was a moment in Terminator 1 where... Um, I don't remember, like, uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, a.k.a. the Terminator, he gets, like, exploded or something, you know, like a bomb goes off and, like, part of him uh, goes flying everywhere. And and, um, Sarah Connor gets a piece of his metal arm or whatever, his, his metal skeleton gets lodged in her leg. Sure. And she's sitting there trying to pull it out. It's very, like, gruesome, you know? And I said, ugh, robot shrapnel. I bet that wasn't on her 1984 bingo card. Oh. <laughs> I hate you so much. <clears throat> you, that, oh, boy. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oof. Oof, duh. I... I don't know, you guys, you might not be talking to Netta for a few days. <laughs> I literally I was, was just laughing just like that for like five minutes. I would have excused myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. Uh, I love a good Terminator uh, uh, rewatch. Um, yeah. It, but yeah it, I, think, it, I, th- I think that was about it. Um, right. No, nothing else major on the uh, tent front, I don't think. Well, I've been, I, I, I also have been doing a, a few rewatches. Um, 
it had been it had been since it originally came out, so I I didn't really remember it. Um, I went back and watched uh, Quentin Tarantino's uh, Forty Two, the Jackie Robinson story. Hmm. I think you might have your facts mixed up there. I mean, there was such prolific use of the N word. I figured it was a Tarantino movie. Oh. Good one. <laughs> <laughs> no, but absolutely, absolutely love that movie. And it, it's so great how... And this happened the first time I saw it. Like, at first didn't realize that was Harrison Ford. Yeah. Because because of how subdued his performance... I, I love that he takes a step back and, 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 and lets, you know, Chadwick Boseman really tell this story. Mm-hmm. So go ahead. I was just going to like, honestly, it's so weird because like that was like Chadwick Boseman's big coming out party. Yeah. And he was so great in that movie. And literally the the first person I think of when you said 42 is Harrison Ford. I'm like, (laughs) Harrison Ford was so good in that movie. (laughs) It's not uh, uh, Christopher Milioni or Alan Tudyk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, but then, since uh, since I had already watched one Chadwick Boseman movie, and the football season is about to start, I had to watch Draft Day. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, so, I, so corny, but so good. Really good. And, like, I, I remember me and you saw that in the theater. We did. And we were like, that was actually pretty good. Like, entertaining, <laughs> dumb, sure. But like, not bad. Like, I feel, that's the th- thing of I feel, movies need to learn nowadays. Like, it's okay to be cliche if you do it in a good way. Totally. Like, you and don't have like, to reinvent the wheel. Especially with sports movies. Yeah. Like, they're so easy to pump out. I feel like genre movies, I guess. You know, like, yeah. sports movies, horror movies, whatever. It's like, you know... I feel like the further you get away from the formula, the the more risk you present with like making a shitty movie that's not gonna <laughs> belong. But um, Draft Day, I feel like has actually aged well. Like I hear people talk about it when they're talking about football movies or sports movies. Like it's come up, and people say like, I mean, that's it's literally the only movie about the draft. Yeah. And, you know, movies that are kind of more about, like, behind-the-scenes sports stuff, like Moneyball. Yeah. Um, you know, those are really great movies, and th- this is a fun one. So, I'm not saying this movie's great, but it's fun. Check it out. I, yeah, yeah, I give it a soft recommend. Uh, well, and then I had to, I had to continue down the, the sports path and uh, decided to watch the greatest... Sports movie starring Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes, which is. Um, I'm going to I mean, I, I know you're <laughs> not going to say white man can't jump, so I don't know what it's Wildcats with Goldie Hawn. Oh, oh nice. Good one. Which I actually have never seen that. You've never. Oh, if you've never seen Wildcats again, this is this is pure 80s. Like. Just when you think of 80s movies, the, this is an 80s sports movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 
And again, it's got that cliche, oh, it's a woman in sports. But, like, it's definitely a girl boss movie. Like, yeah. Goldie Hawn fucking kills it. Uh, the one thing that it did make me think of, I'm like, this... Uh, the Mighty Ducks just ripped off the formula from this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it, it, Goldie Hawn does not get a DUI much like Emilio Estevez in, in Mighty yeah. Ducks. But after that, everything ex- is almost exactly the same. And Wildcats, superior to Mighty Ducks. Nice. I will say that. So That's awesome. I, I would say that's a bold statement. But I've never seen Wildcats. So. <laughs> um, Guess what? It's it's free on YouTube. Oh, surprise, surprise. No commercials. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen uh, the movie? I believe it's called Gus, the Field Goal Kicking Mule. <laughs> I have not seen the movie, but I have used the uh, the, the poster in many jokes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have seen it a few times as a kid. I used to love it. Oh, I I, I mean, Don Knotts and a field goal kicking mule. What else do you need? That's all. Yeah. That, that's a formula. <laughs> now that. <laughs> <laughs> can, can we weekend at Bernie's Don Knotts? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oof, boy. You know, so that that uh, does make me think of, uh, I got another versus for you. What's better, the three Kevin Costner baseball movies, which would be Bull Durham, Field of Dreams, and For Love of the Game, or the three Woody Harrelson basketball movies, Whiteman Can't Jump, Semi-Pro, and Champions? Mm, I would say there's... Just because of, I mean, to me, there's one movie out of all of those that's like <laughs> stellar A plus movie, and that's Bull, and that's Bull Durham. I would wow. say there's one, I'd say there's two movies that are kind of like A minus B plus movies, and that's Field of Dreams and White Men Can't Jump. And then... You know, there's the rest. <laughs> then there's the rest. Yeah. So I, I would say Kevin Costner. Okay. Okay. Uh, a, a, a further discussion for another day. But uh, yeah. Speaking of, well, we, once we get to our uh, sports movie tournament part two, and then subtitled the ones we left out in the first. We tournament. really should do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not kidding. I I am totally ready for. Uh, part two but (laughs) let's let's get back into our current tournament uh which has been interesting to to say the least so far uh with uh david bowie on one side and queen songs on the other side but uh, a couple of bowie matchups a few uh queen matchups to talk about today so starting off we have uh changes uh, released in January of 1972 from the 1971 album Hunky Dory. Uh, this was the first time that uh, Bowie played sax, saxophone, for those not oh. in the know. Okay, cool. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> no, I appreciate uh, that. This, this is a... Uh, this is a song about uh, artistic reinvention. 
Um, strangely enough, this is the very last song uh, Bowie ever performed live uh, before his passing in 2016. But going up against Fame, the second single uh, from the Young Americans album, which was a big change for Bowie, released in June of 1975, didn't know if you knew this, but uh, John Lennon actually co-wrote and sang backup vocals on this uh, song. And it was his first song to go to number one in the U.S. How do you feel between changes and fame? Um, I would say I feel pretty strongly about changes um, going forward. I... I I love the song changes. Yep. I'd say like fame, I think is a really cool song. I don't know if it has the same sort of emotional resonance that changes sure. has. Right. Um, and I think outside of maybe um, like the labyrinth songs, I think changes is probably the first David Bowie song that I actually sort of, new in my subconscious just from right. like commercial I think it was in like commercials and stuff when we were growing up I didn't even know it was David Bowie until <laughs> you know I was older um but I knew the yeah, I knew the course you know yeah um yeah. no and it's just one of those songs that it's it's just got so uh, again we kind of talked about it last week but with a bunch of other songs but it's not the same song the whole way through it's got m- to, to not to sound cliche, it's got multiple changes. It does. It kind of <laughs> li- like it. It's a lot less extra, but from the verse to the chorus, it kind of has like a Bohemian Rhapsody sort of vibe, you know, where it starts out with kind of that like piano and like heart wrenching, you know, emotional whatever, and then it gets to the chorus and it's just like this big you know, anthemic, if whatever. If you keep jumping ahead, I am going to cancel this fucking <laughs> oh, I'm podcast. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I forgot we're also talking about Queen. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. I, th- I think Changes takes this pretty easy and, and might have some staying power in this tournament. Uh, up next, we have Heroes, uh, released in uh, September of 1977 from the album titled david bowie uh bowie kind of considered this more like an ironic song like you know it's it's about how tough everything in it is and the struggles i mean it's it's literally written about uh uh, star-crossed lovers one on one in east germany one in west germany and and um you know, definitely the song has taken on new meanings over the years. Uh, going up against Oh You Pretty Things, uh, coming out of our plans. Um, <clears throat> excuse me again. This it, this is kind of tough for me, but again, I really feel like Heroes is just that iconic song. What do you, what do you think? So Heroes, like Changes, is one that, like, I knew kind of earlier on just from like other things. I feel like it's been used, um, you know, in a lot of, uh, you know, movies and um, commercials and stuff like that. It was obviously used in Moulin Rouge. um, And I think that kind of gave it a big boost. Um, 
as far as like millennials go. Um, yeah. But um, I Heroes is I think one of the best David Bowie songs. Right on. I think that it's very Brian Eno. Mm-hmm. I think even more than that, it's very Velvet Underground. I think yeah. this is the most Velvet Underground David Bowie song. Um, and like when you listen, except that to one it, about it's... the Velvet Underground. <laughs> yeah. what, what's that? I forgot. We talked about it a couple. Of times. Uh, okay, yeah, but <laughs> this. Um, but no, I mean, you could easily hear Lou Reed's voice singing this song. You know, um, to me at least, I think this sounds very much like Lou Reed. But um, it's. I just think this song is so powerful and I I don't know. It just has the way it builds. Yeah. Is really incredible. I mean, I think this is one of Brian Eno's best uh, works, you know, as far as a producer goes. So, yeah, I mean, I, I love heroes and I definitely am picking that, even though I also love all you pretty things, but. Yeah, remember Siler from Heroes? He was so yeah. scary. <laughs> I know. I was just thinking about that, too. <laughs> Not Siler, but the show Heroes. <laughs> well, it also, uh, the, the, your your audio cut out for a second there, and I thought you were saying that uh, Heroes was in the movie Mulan. Not Moulin oh. Rouge. So now I'm wondering, okay, what's a better movie, Moulin or Moulin Rouge? That'll be the next tournament. <laughs> Jumping over to the Queen side. Here, now we finally have the big one. Bohemian Rhapsody, the lead single from A Night at the Opera in 1975, went to number one in the UK for nine weeks, became the U- United Kingdom's third best-selling single of all time wow yeah a couple of beatles ones ahead of that but uh number one in six countries going up against you're my best friend now i'm not automatically putting bohemian rhapsody in the finals but i think this match particularly is just it's a wash right yeah um yeah um is the pendulum swinging back? Do we not like Bohemian Rhapsody anymore? I, I wouldn't say that, but I do think You're My Best Friend might be underrated in this matchup. Mm. Um, I, I think You're My Best Friend is just such a tender... Um, you, you know, it, it's a great love song. And, and yeah. it's really... there's I, I can't think of any love songs that have that kind of sentiment, you know? It's really, really great. And I I honestly don't know. I, I oh. might vote for You're My Best Friend. Even though Bohemian Rhapsody is... I mean, the reason, partly too, is because it's a, there's no fucking chance in hell it's going to win. So, um, you know, I might okay. as well throw, throw a vote that way. But You've talked me into it. Yeah. That, um, that, and I mean, so that Bohemian, late stage push. Yeah, but Bohemian Rhapsody, I mean, obviously, like, revolutionary. It's like nothing else that's ever come before it. And nothing else has ever really been like it since. Yeah, Um, true. So, 
there's definitely been like a ton of prog rock that does the same sort of things, but it doesn't use like Latin or whatever like <laughs> operatic language uh, choices that, uh, you know, make it as memorable as it is. All right. We're starting a new band in only Latin lyrics. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, <laughs> all right. Our next match. Carpe diem. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, we've got, uh, the, uh, talk about a, a lovely matchup. We've got somebody to love from 1976's A Day at the Races going up against Crazy Little Thing Called Love from 1980's The Game, not the rapper. Um, A Day at the Races went to number two in the UK, uh, number 13 in the US. Uh, You know, this was kind of their, you know, operatic follow-up to Bohemian Rhapsody, but with more of a gospel feel to it uh you know they they brought in a gospel choir um but crazy little thing called love was their first song to go to number one on the billboard hot 100 um kind of uh freddie mercury's tribute to elvis and other inspirations and the first song that he ever played guitar live Hmm. um i don't know this this is kind of a tough one for me me too i mean i I think Somebody to Love will get my vote. I think okay. it's a better song. Um, and it's just, it's more Queen. Yeah. Um, and just for the part where he does that big finish and does the classic Freddie Mercury like falsetto and says, Somebody to. And the band drops out. And then he goes, love and the band comes back in you know that's such a huge finale and you can just see him pointing to the band and going and we're back in you know what i mean <laughs> it's like one of those moments kind of like uh the end of, uh oh god i can't even remember that whitney houston <laughs> video <laughs> that we love so much <laughs> where she points at the band and is like all right i'm ready for you to come back now <laughs> um but so, somebody to love amazing um, but crazy little thing called love. I would take that over Brian Setzer any day of the fucking week. Um, yeah. I think as far as that kind of music goes, I think that's my favorite. Um, and it's just catchy as hell. And again, we're going back. I know we mentioned this, I think the first time we talked about queen, but they're very much like into those musical costumes you know, and this is one of those where, like, they just go, all right, well, we're going to be this other band now, you know, M- and we're going like, to. Much like Garth Brooks and Chris Gaines. Exactly. Yeah. They go, all right, we're going to put on a wig. <laughs> Talk ch- about gonna, a musical costume. <laughs> we're going to change our clothes. Freddie Mercury's going to play guitar now. <laughs> <laughs> there is that. Yeah, no, this is this is a real tough one. And I mean. I mean, there's that there's that iconic performance of somebody to love at the Grammys where Freddie Mercury spits out his gum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just to bring oh, it man. back. Such a deep cut. 
Like, <laughs> I don't think anybody... Only the real Pop-Tarts are going to get that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, final, final matchup and talk about Anthemic. Talk about crowd participation. Some people consider them one song, but they are not. They are two separate songs. So we're we're really putting putting the uh, flame to the fire. Feet, I don't feet to the fire. Feet to the fire. That's what I was trying yeah. for. Uh, we have we are the champions up against we will rock you. So both uh, released in October of 1977 from the album News of the World. So we will rock you. Actually, never charted. Hmm. In uh, either the U.S. or the U.K., but we are the champions. Went to number two in the U.K., number four in the U.S., and supposedly a 2011 scientific research group concluded that "We Are the Champions," not "We Will Rock You," is the catchiest song of all time. <laughs> oh wow, that's wild. I I think the jury's still out on science. Yeah. seriously um but obviously you know we will rock you the the classic stomp stop clap literally an arena anthem for sports whatnot um last little tidbit i will i will throw in here uh i had no idea so at the 92 freddie mercury tribute concert do you want to wager a guess who sang we are the champions Ooh, 19... So I'll, 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 t- I'll tell you what, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody was performed by Elton John and Axl Rose. Oh, man. Okay. So if you want to guess who sang We Are the Champions, five we, seconds. Was it a duet? No. Okay. I'm going to guess Garth Brooks. It was none other than Lucille II, Liza Minnelli. Oh wow, that's wild. <laughs> I I feel like I need to look up and watch this performance. Seriously, I can see it, honestly. Okay. Okay. I, mean, I can I can hear it. <laughs> what do you what do you think between these uh this this we fest? I I lean we are the champions. I both of these songs are so fucking played out. Like I've heard the these songs so many times that I don't really care to hear either one of them oh really yeah um but we are the champions just you know honestly you know what i think of when i think of we are the champions is kirby puckett rounding the bases (laughs) (laughs) you know Uh, also also the same thing i think of when i hear hero by mariah carey Um, (laughs) so uh but um, yeah, I'll have to go with We Are The Champions. I think We Will Rock You. I think it's evident. The fact that it didn't chart, I think kind of shows you that it's it's more of an arena, like, chant. It's more of like a cheerleader chant than it is a song, you know? It's be aggressive. Exactly. Be aggressive. Yes. <laughs> or, or no alibi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Seriously, I think they do call the person ugly. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Well, um, yeah, that's our that's our matchups for this week. Uh, five five more to go next week. Uh, Ryan, you 
you got anything else this week? No, I don't think so. I the only thing, hopefully, crossing my fingers, uh, hopefully, be able to report back on the film Bottoms next week. Gonna, gonna Ooh, exciting! Can't that. wait to hear. Yeah, yeah. So, well, then for everybody out there in the pop tournaments universe, please keep on voting and keep on popping. Pop, pop. Good night.